there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, and we're back with another episode for you here. It's Monday, March 27th. Uh, you're tuned in on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, podcasted anywhere and everywhere. Thank you for listening to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. is Season 5, Episode 23, an episode we're going to call The Browner. Brownie, Dustin Brown. Not too long ago was he retired. He, he was a, an active player up until very recently. He's already got a statue going on. Uh, we'll get into some Dustin Brown talk for sure. It's co-host Tom here with you. And as always, although not recently, uh, always, but as always, co-host Randy is back in the co-hosting chair. Uh, thanks to uh, interim co-host Jared for keeping it warm while you were out on assignment. Randy, how you doing today, buddy? Doing great. It's a beautiful Sunday, uh, but this show is airing on a Monday. But in Winnipeg, beautiful weather. Uh, yeah, it's, you can't complain about anything these days. No, it's, it's um, you know, spring, I would say, has sprung. Uh, it comes a little slower in this part of the world than, say, you know, a few degrees south on the old uh, latitude uh, scale. But, uh you know, it's coming. You can feel it. There's, you can feel the warmth of the sun out there now. It's so warm, it's melting the outdoor rinks. And I'm going to say it, we probably are due for one more blizzard, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, knock <laughs> yeah, well, on wood. But maybe because good. I said that it won't happen. Uh, there you go. But, yeah, Reverse psychology. Exactly. <laughs> that's how you win against Mother Nature. Yeah. So just before we were recording, uh, started recording here, you mentioned you had one... Maybe last, we'll see, but one one final twirl out on the uh, outdoor rink this morning. Yeah, I went to Archwood. Uh, great rink over there uh, along the Seine River. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's it's uh, I, I was, it's actually, it's skatable, but it's also, you got to be careful with those air yeah. pockets and stuff, and <laughs> you don't want to, you know, take one, uh, you know, uh, up against the boards, and, you know, you, <laughs> it's like you come home and everyone thinks you lost a fight, but really there was nobody else at the rink. You just, you just <laughs> bit the dust and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These, this time of year, if you're out on the ice outdoors, you, it, you hit those soft spots and it just, <laughs> the yeah. skates don't work so well anymore. Just, just work on your dangles. Maybe just like staying in one spot and, yeah. you know, fire a few pucks, you know, put like three or four off the crossbar, lose, lose the rest of the pucks that you have. Might as well. It's like, Might as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, what do they say? Like, you know, bet, you know, bet it all, put it all on black. And, uh, <laughs> well, the, the snowbanks will be gone soon enough. So in like a couple of weeks, you just go right back and you'll find like 20 new pucks and exactly. Yeah. It's you've like restocked shopping. your puck, uh, supply. Um, yeah. So, we, well, I guess since you've been kind of, uh, out on assignment as it were, we, you know, we've hockey season 
recreationally has wrapped up the winter season anyway spring season will get going soon enough um and uh, we've covered that on the show but we haven't got your take on the end of the garage league season so before we get to our dustin brown talk let's just a a quick thought or two about uh, how how you felt your season went personally and and uh you know we we covered the um the glh playoffs and all the all the drama and highs and lows that went along with it. But how did you uh, enjoy your first GLH season? And as one of the, uh, you know, league uh, commissioners, if, if you will. Yeah. You know what? I would say that that was a great season overall. Um, you know, whenever you kind of uh, set yourself out, like with, with uh, like you mentioned the other kind of league conveners, league organizers, Eric and Vinny and, and Fletcher, um, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that we're already done season one and it kind of yeah. feels like we were just starting to plan it. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty smooth. Uh, great hockey. Good times. Uh, I would say pretty, pretty great, uh, you know, times and bonding and, and memories and things to look back on fondly. Uh, also, some things that we learned from season one and Moving, yeah, I guess moving there's, forward to, there's to, bound to be some lessons yeah. learned of things that, you know, in the first, first go around that you say, okay, well, next time we'll, yeah, we'll think, maybe things, think about it differently or do it this way or something. So things to iron out, things to improve. Uh, yeah. and also just great to see all the, all the folks who were able to make it out to Sucrums there the other night for the windup, uh, had a nice, yeah, some hot there. new garage league merch dropped as well. Although, uh, I'm missing my uh, ball cap, which I will, oh, I, I <laughs> I'm think all, I'm going to track that down. I think those are en route. Uh, that's what I, I hear. Yeah. 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 As long oh, yeah, as you know, I don't need it just yet, but, uh, when summer comes, woo, yeah. um, yeah. When and you're so turning the double plays there, uh, for softball, your softball team, you're going to be right. Wanting, they, they're going to know which, you're going to know which hockey league I play in. Exactly. Um, and, and for listeners who have, you know, been following along, uh, listening to the show and gradually will uh, be back next year, possibly with more teams. So, you know, be on the lookout, set a reminder in your phone. If you didn't play this year, but you're interested in registering, you know, it's out there. So, but let's talk quickly a little bit about Dustin Brown, um, a number 23, a guy who, like, I think a lot of, uh, you know, comments or jokes have been made about like this guy gets a statue uh out front of the uh, cryptobros.com arena in Los Angeles, California. But um I mean he's he's the first LA Kings captain to lift the cup and he did it twice. Um if that's not worthy of a statue, well I don't know what is, but he's he had a long uh career entirely with the Kings. Um known you know, probably more for his uh, grit and uh, determination than his skill. And yet he still put up, you know, decent a number of points. Um, he was never a guy who really was ever going to lead lead the team or league in scoring or anything like that. But um, he finished, we'll just give you a quick rundown here. 18 years in the NHL regular seasons, 1,296 regular season games, 325 goals, 712 points, uh, career pim penalty minutes, 738. He did add, uh, where's the uh, playoffs? Here we go. He did add 92 playoff games to that resume and 49 playoff points. 
uh, Stanley Cup in uh, 11 12 and then again in 13 14. And uh, in the 11 12 uh, Stanley Cup run, he had 20 points in 20 games. And, uh, you know, he was, oh, no, he wasn't. I was going to say he was the Con Smythe winner, but no, no, he did not win the Con Smythe. I think that was uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Quick. Quick. And then I yeah. think Justin Game 7 Williams won it the next time. Correct. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your, like, take on Dustin Brown? Kind of a, seems like the kind of guy that teams need to win, like, real yeah, clutch. He, he's your, um, he, he's a, he's like your character player, your glue guy, mm-hmm. you know, also could score, like, a bunch of seasons with, uh, 30 and, or at least 20, 20 goals, only one with 30. Um, he, he's probably the quickest player to retire and get a statue. He's probably got the record for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think he's a hall of famer? Like he's got a statue. He's got his resume speaks for itself. As far as success goes, team success. Um, you know, he, he was an assistant captain of team USA at the 2010 Olympics where they won silver, the loss to Canada and Sidney Crosby's golden goal famously, of course. Um, you know, he's, uh, like, I would probably say he's a hall of famer just because he's got two Stanley cups. That's that mm-hmm. seems to be uh part of the, you know, the, the prerequisite for getting in the hall. Yeah. Um, It'd yeah. be kind of like one of those ones, like I don't know that he's a first ballot or anything like that, but like maybe down the road, you know, they look at him kind of like how Guy Carboneau got in a little later, you know, they looked exactly. at him and they were like, yeah. that guy was awesome, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, I could see it like that, but yeah, maybe, maybe down the, down the road a little bit. Um, yeah. He uh, Brown, of course. So he, he was drafted uh, 13th overall in 2003 to LA. And, um, you know, he started, he started playing like his rookie season age 19. Um, you know, so he didn't, he never, I don't think he played in the AHL at all. Did he? I think just one season. Okay. He did. Sorry. Yeah. Manchester Monarchs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he spent the, the, the lockout season over in Zurich playing for the lions. I think that's the same team. Austin Matthews went to play for as a, 18 year old instead of playing you know north american junior he went he kind of like went pro over there in uh in europe as a as an 18 year old if i'm not mistaken well and the classic thing too is like you know going to dustin brown's hockey db page and then clicking on where he was drafted and look looking at the guys who went ahead of him mark andre Fleury went first overall that year which okay you know that worked out well for the penguins they got a couple cups with him uh but yeah, like all the guys that, you know, missed out on Dustin Brown, like, you know, Florida probably could have used them. They took Nathan Horton instead or, yeah, you know. And Horton uh, had himself a promising career until it was ended by injury. Well, just before, although the Rangers ended up being okay and they're fine now, but they took Hugh Jessamine right before Dustin Brown and <laughs> Hugh played two whole games and got oh, one yeah. and got one fight in though. So at least he made his, made it worth it. <laughs> That was an interesting draft year, though, because there were some very good players taken in that first round, but there was also a few that you're like, and I think that's going to happen with any draft year, but, you know. Well, you got um, Corey Perry, Getzlaff. Uh, Kostitsin, you know, Andre Jack Kostitsin. Parise, Kessler, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter. Yeah. Pretty decent draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrice Bergeron later, later on. 
Oh, that was the draft Bergeron was in? Yeah. What? How far down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He went 45th overall, second round. And he's still There's playing. There's a steal. He, yeah. He, he, uh, he's still playing. Uh, maybe he's got a statue coming a little quicker than Dustin Brown. <laughs> yeah. So do you think this is Patrice Bergeron's final season? Uh, I would say if, if, yeah, I don't know. Like if Boston wins the cup, he's, he's, he's going to just hang up on a high note. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I would say, I, I actually, I would say regardless, he's probably done. Yeah. Hey, same yeah. draft year as Dustin Bufflin too. Ah, that was a good draft year. Yeah. yeah. Shea Weber. Um, lots of good players. I, I would, yeah. Yeah. Bergeron could give Dustin Brown a run for his money and fastest statue. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be like a new analytic that they're going to add. Yeah. <laughs> Statues over careers per 60. Yeah. Um, so we nice. got a couple minutes left in this segment. Are we going to talk uh, LA Kings currently yeah. or are we going to? Yeah, sure. Out? Let's okay. let's talk a little bit of Kings currently because so, um, you know, Browner was a King uh, and then just, you know, related to that, the LA Kings, I think are a pretty sneaky playoff pick of a team. Now that the Winnipeg are your Winnipeg Jets, they were just in Los Angeles this weekend. They got their butts handed to them by the Kings this isn't your Dustin Brown's Kings anymore. You know, they're a fast offensive team. They're not, they're not the Daryl Sutter cup teams of the, the uh, early tens there where they just wore you down with their size and grinding and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they're a, they're a fast team and they've still got, you know, Andre Kopitar, who's, uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's so, so underrated in kind of his, um, skill and just like move you know like he's not gonna razzle dazzle you you know the way that a a trevor zegris or whatever is but he's just he's so strong on the puck he's so big he's got such a great shot great vision um yeah i really like la as a dark horse pick in the these playoffs um i think i think they've just kind of got all the makings the only the only question mark might be goaltending, but since they got Corpus Allo at the trade deadline, I think he's been playing pretty, pretty good for them. Yeah, I would say uh, I, the, I could see the LA Kings making a deep run. Actually, the one thing that was kind of surprising to see was them trading away Jonathan Quick, but then he ended up in Vegas, so there might be a little uh, Jonathan Quick LA Kings showdown later like, on these playoffs, which would be yeah. pretty fun for, for us uh hockey fans but yeah you're Could right that happen in the first round uh if so, if um vegas falls to second like if edmonton right. has a sh- chance of right of getting up there uh i'm not sure if that's possible or not um but um yeah just just like guys like philip deno uh are great in the playoffs uh drew doughty obviously uh they they and you know the 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 ads that the LA Kings made too and with Kopitar leading the leading the squad like he's he comes to play and i don't know mm-hmm. they they've got they've got it seems to be like they they check all the boxes and uh and they got some young talent like Quinton Byfield who's slowly coming around you know there was some he is yeah, yeah. like you can like when um when you watch Byfield play like i haven't seen a ton of Kings games but you can see all the per- potential and promise in byfield he's just kind of got to get it put together but like his size his skating the reach he's got like he's 
he's going to be a good player. Um, and I think it's kind of nice for his development that he doesn't have to be something immediately in LA, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to be a star player immediately there because they've got such a, a good roster already. Well, Kopitar uh, and, and Dano would be the two centermans uh, ahead of him, right? For sure. And, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, like it's pretty much setting up like LA likely will play Edmonton in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, LA's four points behind Vegas and then Edmonton is three points behind LA. So I guess there's a chance that they could catch Vegas and get first overall uh, in, in the Pacific. But um, that being said, like LA versus Edmonton, you know, like against McDavid and, and the, and the gang there. Uh Yeah. Be a great series. And, and yeah, like kind of too bad, obviously that one of them would have to go in the first round, but, um, and one player we haven't even mentioned for LA, Kevin Fiala, who's just been amazing for them this year. Of course, he's been injured the last, I don't know, five, 10 games. Uh, but I think he's, he was only kind of like day to day, week to week. So I think he'll, he'll be back for playoffs. Like, I don't think it's like anything too serious. They, I don't even know if they've said what, it is. The only reason I know that is because I have him on my fantasy team. And of course he went down with injury, leaving me kind of like, you know, well, uh, with a big hole in my fantasy roster there. Regardless who's in the lineup, they sure took care of the jets uh, yesterday quite easily. So, mm -hmm. uh, and not that the jets are a powerhouse right now, but um, well, but they yeah. had won two in a row. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were rolling. Oh yeah, uh, we got to queue up a song here. We're uh, out okay. of time for segment one. What song have we got here? <laughs> yeah, let's. So our theme is gonna be maybe a little, you know, cities around the league stops uh, or stops on the hockey circuit. And so since we're talking California here, um, let's go with a classic uh, Wilco song. It's the Billy Bragg and Wilco, California Stars, here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I like to rest a heavy
Right, that was California Stars by Billy Bragg and Wilco. A beauty song. Don't need an excuse to play it, but our excuse is we were just talking about the Los Angeles Kings of California. So let's shift over to a little bit of Eastern Conference talk. It's the playoff push. We're down to the last, you know, 10 games of the the regular season. Um, Most teams are kind of in that ballpark of 10 games left. The, The Boston Bruins have you know, more or less run away with the Eastern conference, the entire season. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've essentially got it. I would say, you know, locked up first place in the East. Um, I don't, I don't know that anybody can mathematically catch them. Maybe, uh, you know, I think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done the math, but it's not going to (laughs) happen. So, they've had their own record breaking season you know they they they're they're rolling they lost i think it was like a week or two ago they had lost two games in a row and it's like uh oh are the are the bruins you know did they were they too hot too soon or whatever but yeah no they've rolled off five at least five in a row now and they're still going so um but if you look at the rest of the east randy you know, there's there's an interesting race for that last kind of wild card spot. Pittsburgh and Florida have been they flip flopped at one point this week. Florida yeah. actually snuck in there, but then has since um, you know lost three in a row, so they're back out of it. Pittsburgh, it's it, they're playing, they're a, they're a they're a mystery. You know, <laughs> they're a an enigma. Yeah, um, hard to say what's going on with Pittsburgh. They look real good one game and then they lose you know three in a row and then they'll win two in a row but um how do you how do you see the sort of east unfolding um and there'll be some classic first round matchups 
uh, in the East. It's that's a high powered conference for sure. Yeah, I would say starting with the wild card, I I would say like if you even think back to that one year, I think there was the first year that LA Kings won the Stanley Cup. They snuck in, in at the eighth spot, and then they ended up they basically beating all the like uh, like upsets and then getting and winning the cup. I don't think we're going to yeah. see that in the East this year. Like the Islanders in Pittsburgh or Florida, like they're not really going to go into the playoffs playing great hockey. And teams right. like Boston or Carolina, like they're likely, um, uh, you know, the teams that they're going to face, like those are two strong teams, like offense, defense, goaltending, up and down yeah. the lineup. Like they're not messing around. <clears throat> we'll probably like, see two sweeps, actually. It's like last year, remember, uh, I think it was Daryl Sutter, and he said, you don't want to play Calgary? That's a waste of eight days. Yeah. I mean, whoever's in the East looking at Boston right now as their first, potential first-round opponent, whether that is Pittsburgh or the Islanders or maybe Florida, um, yeah, I don't <laughs> – they're probably just looking at it like, uh, well, I mean, you know, what can you do, right? And I think at this point you can probably say Ottawa – Washington, Buffalo, their kind of hopes are dashed. You know, I don't know if they've been mathematically eliminated, but they'd have to, especially Ottawa, you know, they'd have to leapfrog Washington, Buffalo, Florida, and then either Pittsburgh or New York Islanders at this point. Yeah, they're, they're seven it's too points big a hell back. To climb. Yeah. 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 It would, you know, it'd be nice to see like Ottawa is definitely a team that's kind of on the rise. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, like, if we were to rewind to the start of the season, uh, you know, like obviously New Jersey being us like a, a hundred point team, I, I you know, we Russ Rankin probably thought you yeah. know, it, it was a good team, but I didn't really see them being that high in, in the met, metro. And you know, I would have if you would have told me Washington's gonna miss the playoffs, I I would have called you crazy. But uh but well, yeah, here we are. Here yeah, we are. exactly. Yeah. yeah, our very first episode of season five, recorded back in oh September, October, something like that, was featuring Russ Rankin of the band uh, Good Riddance. He's a big New Jersey Devils fan. He knows the team, and yeah, we were talking Devils on that episode, and he was he was singing their praises, and uh, you know they had a good solid off season, made some moves to bolster the roster. Jack Hughes has certainly taken. Uh, step forward as as a NHL superstar now. I mean, I don't think there's any question about calling him a superstar in the league. And uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a fun they're a fun team. They're a good team. They're a pretty deep team. They added Timo Meyer at the trade deadline. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that he's been lighting it up as a devil yet, but he's certainly a nice you know player to have in your pocket to to add to your to your roster like. Well, those um, ads too is like when you can bring in a like a top six player and then you bump players down your lineup too, like and yeah. then you just get deeper, which you know that's you know a, a a great thing for New Jersey to have, especially going up against the Rangers likely in the first round. That'll be a great series. Um, do you think they the the Subway series that's between the Islanders and Rangers, right? <laughs> like they wouldn't call the Devils and Rangers a Subway series. Though I'm sure you could take a subway between the two. Well, you technically take the train, the New Jersey, uh, whatever, whatever it's okay. called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Amtrak the, series or whatever. You take is. the train from Newark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's, 
it's the train series. I don't know, but, <laughs> but you can take a train every anywhere in the in that yeah. northeast. But um, I, I I would think I would still give the edge to the Rangers, even though they're finishing below them. But mm. with Shesterkin and now with Patrick Kane and Tarasenko and Panarin and uh, Kreider and uh, Zabanajad and Jacob Truba and Adam Fox, like. That's a that's a lineup I'm jealous of, actually. Oh, for sure. I like watching the Rangers play, and uh, you know what? They have a power play that I'm envious of as a Winnipeg Jets fan. You watch the Jets struggle on the power play. I mean, if the name of the game for the power play was passing it around the perimeter, the Jets are awesome at it. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> like, like really good. Keepaway. They should play yeah. keepaway, yeah. But getting shots and chances, you know not as good lately for sure the rangers though they seem to just they it's like two passes shoot they're just they're putting pucks on net um and i don't know maybe they've they've got some guys like i mean uh, what's his name fox is i think they're kind of power play quarterback and he's very crafty not to say that josh morrissey isn't who's having obviously a pretty great year but um yeah, I don't know. They've just got more shooters. It seems like on the Rangers, that they're they're just they're firing that from either side. They they're just firing the puck. Well, and but, confidence uh, too. They're just confident and like oh yeah, you got Panarin and Kane and Tarasenko and yeah. like Zibanejad, like the way that he can snipe. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? You know what just came out actually, and we talked about this last year when it came out, and um, was the NHL players poll, the NHL uh, PA poll. Yeah, yeah. And uh, best passer in the league went to uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, as voted by the players, and then the second number two spot was was Patty Kane. Oh yeah, which I kind of was like, oh, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I was, I don't know who I was thinking, but I didn't think it would be Patrick Kane. But I mean, he's obviously um, pretty well respected in the league by other players, and he can still. He can still do it. That's for sure. Um, and I mean, that was a nice pickup by the Rangers just makes their team that much, you know, deeper and, and come to the playoffs. You need contributions from all through the lineup. Doesn't, doesn't hurt to have a three time cup winning, you know, uh, did he win a Conn Smythe trophy? Kane must've, he must've. Yeah. Um, trying to think who won it for the. <clears throat> Who's Hawks. the team to beat in the East? Is it Carolina or Boston? Like I would say, I'd say Carolina. Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I think Carolina is good, um, I would take Boston just because of Allmark uh, over either. You know, Carolina kind of rolls out Anderson or Kachekov or whatever his name is, and uh, they have another a third guy, Ranta. Maybe no, is that? I feel like maybe I'm going back like several years by saying Ranta, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just think Boston is a better, deeper team. Although, no, it is Ranta. Anti-Ranta, Peter Kochekov and Freddie Anderson. They've, they've essentially split Carolina games three ways. Anderson has a slight edge in games played. And that bodes well too. If one of them gets injured, they still got two two decent goalies. Whereas, yeah. like, if the Jets lose Hellebuck, then they might as well just oh yeah, pack it up, just boys. Pack it up and say, see you next year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Boston. They do have Swayman as a backup who who shut out the Jets on, on a lot of teams. Could be a starting goaltender. You know, he's 
Um, he's kind of the understudy to Linus Allmark right now. Um, so I think Boston and net feels good either way. Um, do you but, think the East is going to win the cup? Do you think the, the better teams are in the East right now? Well, it's the better conference, but I just have a hard time counting out Colorado. And I know that they haven't had the best, easiest season, but when they get firing and playing the way like they did last year on their way to the cup, and once they get back to more full health, you know, lo- losing Lekkanen really sucks for them. He's out for a while now, but I th- think he'll be back for playoffs. Um, and Landeskog's still not back, I don't think. So I think he's skating though, or something. I think right. he's getting close, but at the same time, they're they're probably just saving him for the playoffs. Like, why, well, exactly. why rush like, him back for another injury or something? They're sitting in a playoff spot. I don't think they're in danger of losing that playoff spot. Why rush him? Yeah. They they still got a shot at getting first. Like they're only three points back in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think the other team in the in the West, like honestly, like Edmonton, L.A. Colorado. I think those are the three teams in the West that'll kind of one of those three teams is going to go to the final, I would say in my best guess. Um, but, and then, and then once you get to the final, it's a, it's anybody's, anybody's ball game. But I, I just, the, the East, I mean, you, when you talk about Boston, obviously they're the best regular season team, but that doesn't always mean anything in the playoffs, but I do like the way that they're built. And I think that they are a playoff type of team. But, like, I mean, Tampa, you know, the Rangers, the Devils, Carolina, even, yeah. even Randy, even the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, I, they might win around this year. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there, it's kind of any team. This is I very think, exciting. I think, I think I'm maybe the most excited for playoffs, like, in a while, just because of how good some of these teams are playing right now. Yeah. You know, as far as our as our hometown Winnipeg Jets go, and I know that they've been sliding. Everybody knows the state they've been in. We've we've talked about the Jets on the show here, and um, you know, they don't seem like they're playing in a way that's going to get them very deep in the playoffs. But imagine if they, you know, they can kind of if they can win a round, and the weather starts turning in town here. The mood, the general mood of the city is gonna, it's gonna go through the roof. You know, spring, spring's coming. We're coming out of our winter shell, and if our hockey team could even just get a sniff of playoff success, whether that's one round or make the first round go seven games, I think that would be pretty good for the spirits around here, um, as far as the general, you know, population goes. But like, you know, it it seems like it's. Uh, like when they went on that run in 2018, you know, um, they've been kind of like lacking in, you know, their, their slogan of fueled by passion. I feel like the fuel kind of has run empty since that season. Um, so, you know what, maybe we'll talk about it in the third, uh, third segment of the show. Like what do the jets have to do in the off season, regardless of if they, you know, have a, a playoff series win or not, you know, do you think, I don't know, do we have time to get into this? Do you think that there's any? Yeah. Well, we can talk if uh, like, honestly, I've kind of, uh, you know, the perfect example is yesterday, like, you know, against the Kings, 
they just could not get anything going. And that, that was like, <clears throat> that was the perfect opportunity for playoff hockey and like yeah. really test yourself against a team. And they just couldn't get they much going. <clears throat> yeah. I, Pardon me. I, uh, I, I saw the first period and then I was like, well, I got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, just... but also it's like, maybe like on what, you know, them matching up against uh Dallas or or I mean Colorado or Minnesota, like if they were gonna be in that two or three spot, like yeah, it's like you don't like they've had zero luck against both of those teams lately. Yeah. Um so right now the Jets would would potentially face Vegas first overall or first. Which I round. don't mind that matchup. Yeah. And then if the Jets did beat Vegas, like like the you know the nemesis from 2018 and like yeah. off to the second round, it's like the now now we're laughing, but that could actually, spark a little something. The one thing I just remembered is like, I think this was around the all-star break. I remember asking you, do you think the Jets can get to 50 wins? Because I think that was around about 30 games left. And at that point they were on pace to, to do yeah. so. I think they had to go like eight, 18 and something to get to, to, to 50 wins um, with 30 games left. Um, but here we are with uh, eight games left. And they can't get to 50 wins. Even if they win all eight, they'll still finish with 49 wins. So yeah, that just kind of shows how much of a slide they took. And, uh, you know, on the road, they're 19, 18 and one, like they, uh, they just aren't as good as, you know, they should be on the road. Um, no, they have 30 losses this season, plus three OTLs. You go back to the all-star break. They were at like, they were at less than 20 losses. So they've just, and, and uh, yeah, they, it's no secret. The jets have been sliding. They've been struggling. They, they've kind of played okay. The last, you know, few games, but yeah, the, the game against the Kings this weekend didn't even, they didn't look like they were in it at all, basically. So yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see, but, um, yeah, let's let's throw to our break here. We've got another song on the theme of places. <laughs> uh, this one's this one's going out to the Boston Bruins. It's the uh, it's the Dropkick Murphys. Uh, maybe you heard of them. This is a song called "Shipping Up to Boston." Pretty sure you're going to hear this at TD Garden at some point during the playoffs. Every single game. To, when you <laughs> tune into a Bruins game, they'll be they'll be hooting and hollering singing this one. It's, uh, yeah, shipping up to Boston by Dropkick Murphys here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show.
Okay, that was shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talk Show. You're tuned in UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, podcasted anywhere and everywhere. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, keep your stick on the ice, of course. Um, period three, we've got about uh, 10, 12 minutes left in the show here before we got to throw it to our final song, which I think, ladies and gentlemen, you will enjoy uh, on the theme of cities. But... Um, we were kind of uh, just talking playoff races and whatever. On the complete other end spec- end of the spectrum there is kind of the uh, the race for the bottom. And the main prize being, of course, Connor Bedard, um, who's having himself a season <laughs> with the Regina Pats. You want to hear his numbers right now with the Pats? Um, 57 games played, 71 goals, 72 assists. 143 points. He's a plus 39. He's got 62 pims. And he has basically single-handedly hauled the Pats into the playoffs because it's not like they're a great team. I mean, they're probably not bad, but, like, they've got Bedard. And, uh, you know, there's some there's some other really good teams in the WHL, the Winnipeg Ice being one of them. Um, but, yeah, Bedard has got the Pats into the playoffs for the WHL, which will start pretty soon. And uh, how about those numbers for Connor Bedard? Uh, better than even McDavid and so on in their draft year. Like, unreal. Yeah, I wonder, are we going to potentially see a Regina versus Winnipeg uh, playoff matchup? And if that's the case, I think we should probably get some tickets. Yeah, that'll be a hot ticket, uh, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, the Regina Pats have been drawing fans across the WHL all year long. No better example than just recently in Saskatoon. A um, little foreshadowing there for the uh, song choice coming up, but no, j- just recently in Saskatoon where they sold out the, I want to call it like credit union place. I can't remember what it's called in Saskatoon, um, but the, the big hockey rink where the blades play and uh, 15,000 people, the biggest Blades crowd ever. And they, uh, it was, you know, Connor Bedard was in town. And I think that was the game that he scored his 70th of the season, becoming the first WHL player to do so since, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, when uh, some guy who now plays in Europe did it. I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. Uh, but he, he never had, he like, you know, he didn't have much of a, it didn't translate number. to the NHL. No. Yeah, he yeah. played. He played. I think he got in a couple games, but he's he's in Europe nowadays. Uh, I'll try and figure out who that was. Um, but yeah, no, like Connor Bedard, like unreal season. So with San Jose currently dead last in the NHL, would you be okay with seeing a generational talent like Connor Bedard going to play in the Bay? Yeah, I think that'd be a great place. Um, I'd love to see him in the teal. Uh, you know, San Jose is a team I, I, I kind of like, I don't mind, you know, they've, they were consistently good for so many years and now they've hit a rough spot the last couple seasons and they're pretty bad this year. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't mind it. So they are, they currently do have the highest odds for the number one overall pick, right? Which are at 25.5%. So if you look at that tankathon, website tankathon.com slash nhl um gives you the 
the odds, and then there's a sim lottery button. Should we sim it and see? I've who... already I've already done it like five times. <laughs> okay, hit re- hit reset, and let's let's see. So the top the top percentages of going for the first overall, you got San Jose, and then Columbus with a thirteen and a half percent chance, uh, and Chicago with an eleven and a half percent chance, and then Anaheim at fourth with a nine and a half. Montreal rounds out the top five with an eight and a half percent chance. So yeah, hit that button. Let's see who, uh, who wins Connor Bedard sweepstakes theoretically. Oh, Anaheim just got it. Anaheim. Oh man. All right. Well, you know, still California boy. I would rather see Bedard go there than to Columbus, to be honest with you. Stay out of Columbus, maybe stay out of Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Hawks suffer. Yeah. They, they, (laughs) they could, they could use a, you know, some pain, uh, just like how it was like what in the early two thousands when, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what led to them getting Taves and Kane and Seabrook and all those guys. Yeah. It's just crazy to think like Chicago and Anaheim, they've lost four in a row, you know, probably like, you know, behind closed doors are like, Oh sweet. We're on a losing streak. You know, we're <laughs> working our way down, but then you got San Jose losing nine in a row. And you know, here they are in, in uh one, six and three in their last 10. And yeah. they have now fallen into prime Bedard, uh, which is actually, if you also click on the mock draft button at the top, uh-huh. then, then you, you kind of like see where the players end up and, Adam Fantilli, who was also uh, Bedard's teammate for Team Canada World. I mean, Juniors. he's a great constellation prize for. He's he's going second uh, to whoever go, uh, falls into that uh, spot, and right now I just did it again, and Bedard goes to San Jose, and Fantilli uh, goes to Columbus. There you go. Um, it's funny, like Montreal, they they've got an eight and a half percent as it stands right now chance of of landing the uh, lottery pick. Um, which would be, you know, pretty amazing for the young group they've already started assembling there. And just for Canadian hockey fans in general, you know, to have another superstar player, you've already got your Connor uh, McDavid's and your uh, uh, Austin Matthews's and whatnot. But um, like Montreal is actually like, they're, they're I, as bad as they kind of are, like they're not actively trying to tank like a San Jose or whatever. So I can imagine if, if Montreal, like, cause they do try to win games. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're in some, they won on the weekend, like eight to, yeah. Well, they beat Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, yeah. 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 Eight, two or something like that. So, I mean, um, imagine though. Yeah. If Montreal sneaks in uh, with that, that pick, or even just like lands the number two or three pick above a Columbus or a San Jose or whatever, it could happen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if that is what happens. But um, I would uh, say as long as Bedard stays out of Columbus, Chicago, or Arizona, yeah. I think I think I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess Arizona. I mean. <laughs> could you imagine like I, we talked about this on the show the other day when last week i think it was jared and i were talking about it with potential expansion spots because uh there's been a lot of talk about the league going back to atlanta you know third times a charm i guess right but um houston being another one but like i think as long as gary bettman's around 
Phoenix will be in Phoenix, even if they have have to play as they are out of a five thousand seat college arena, which you know, imagine though Bedard, like the the biggest yeah prize uh and only five thousand fans get to go yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, That's a bit be, of a joke. Be be kind of crazy. Yeah. So Okay, actually, uh, with the, with about four minutes left to go, <clears throat> just quickly, the best on best uh, discussion. Yeah, uh, you know, it's been kind of a hot topic lately after seeing uh, the World Baseball Championships just a couple last week. I think that was. Yeah, but, they wrapped up just last week, and man, what a finish that was with Otani pitching to teammate Mike Trout, uh, yeah. Japan <laughs> versus USA, and he whiffed him uh, on a three-two count. That was that was quite a quite a little matchup and, i think uh, i think the one thing that hockey fans especially you and i deserve is a hockey competition where we see potentially you know mcdavid and mckinnon and crosby all on the same line or yeah or maybe bedard and, and mcdavid and somebody you know like for sure yeah like we're, watching we're, that. we're due we're we we you, you guys owe us yeah watching that baseball world classic especially the <laughs> final you're just like you're like, well, why not us as a hockey fan? You know, what's what, what's wrong with us? What did we ever do? And yeah, I mean, the NHL uh, and the IIH, what's it called? I I double IHF, yeah. And the and the Olympic Committee, Committee. IOC, I, the IOC. They just got to get their crap together. Like, come on, like get it together, make it happen. It's been like. What's the latest on that? That that they're basically saying in two years there could yeah, be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, like World Cup wasn't so bad. Like I would take World Cup over nothing. Yeah, wouldn't you? I uh, I would for sure. And there's a way. I mean, like if you think about the World Cup of of soccer, it's the biggest thing in the world. Um, like bigger than the Olympics for soccer. You know what I mean? Um, if you think about like uh some of the other ones, like well the. I guess the World Baseball Classic is kind of a World Cup of baseball, and it's really taken off. They they just need to do it right, and like I think they could do. And if it were any degree of regularity, that's the issue with the World Cup of Hockey. There's been no yeah regularity to it. They got to like, they got to do it in the next two years, so Crosby still plays. Uh, otherwise, yeah. like yeah, like yeah. you know what's the, whatever McDavid and Bedard and all that stuff is fine. But yeah, but we got to see Sid. We got to see Sid. Sid Sid's got to pass the torch, you know. He's having himself quietly another fantastic season at age 30, whatever he is, 8, 36, something like that, 37. 36, he's I think. <laughs> I think he's turning 36 this year because he was born in 87. Yeah. No, he'd be turning 37 then, right? 37? Or 36. Yeah, no, you're 36, right, 36. Yeah, yeah. So um, live math here on Talking Hockey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you want to hear. But he, he just put up his 20th – I like don't fact check me, but it was like the twentieth straight season of a point per game yeah. production or something like that, uh, or eighteenth straight season, something like that, which is actually better than one Wayne Gretzky apparently. Yeah. Um. Actually, and- that just reminds me too. We haven't talked about uh, unless maybe you and Jared did, but the the Ovi watch. Like we got to maybe mm. follow follow that up some uh, on a future episode because yeah, yeah, we, we talked really about that a lot at, at the beginning of the season. Um, and now that now that the season's done and Washington's not even making the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, Ovi did just hit forty goals, which uh, there was some sort of notable thing about him hitting forty. Maybe the most player with plus. most seasons of forty plus yeah. or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's 
he's still doing his thing. So that's about all the time we've got for this week's show. We're going to throw it to uh, one last song here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We thank you, of course, for tuning in, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next week. Um, we may have to. Uh, we'll we'll leave that for a surprise. Well, you you just tune in next week and be surprised. Um, the interview but, is confirmed. I, okay, I, I can say that. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But however the however the presentation might be, but uh, yes. yes, tune in for a great interview next week on Talking Hockey for sure. <laughs> the rest of it will be, uh, you know, like That's the Jets play. The it'll be yeah. like the Jets playoff chances. You just don't know for sure. <laughs> That's right. So, okay. So, but thank you for listening to Talking Hockey. We're going to go out on the last song on our theme here. And because we were talking about the big sellout in Saskatoon, let's play that Guess Who classic. Rolling up. What's it called? Sorry. Rolling. Uh, running back to Saskatoon. Running back to Saskatoon. Uh, right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I've been hanging around gas Talking to grease monkeys. I've been working on cars. Boost us up, you boost them in two. Running back to Saskatoon. Red deer terrace and a medicine hat. Singing another prairie tune. Singing another prairie tune. Where is baby talking to? Talking to playwriters, I've been working on words, phrases, boost star soft, you boost of it too, running back to Saskatoon. So